Welcome into the Motown Rundown. You know the deal. You're home for all things Detroit sports. Episode 10, boys. Double digits now. That's we huge. made it. That's huge. Yeah, we made it big time. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, you started this. Mama, mama, I made it. 10 episodes. <laughs> didn't think we'd get here. Can't wait for 15. That'll be another milestone. 15 <laughs> episodes. Episode 10. We have the uh, little bit of the bye week blues here. Yeah. No, no Lions to talk about, but we will we will preview the game against those Dolphins next week. As always, I am your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, joined by Mr. Trent Bailey, Mr. Ryan Collins, coming to you from the Impact 89 FM studios in East Lansing, Michigan. We'll kick off today's show. I just thought of this name a couple hours ago, Motor City Minute. This is basically because the Lions didn't play on Sunday, so now I have to just, we'll throw in some (laughs) other stuff here about the teams that also play in Detroit, because not a ton going on. Again, Lions not playing this past Sunday. They will travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins next Sunday at 1 p.m., the Red Wings currently sit at 0-3-2 as this episode is being recorded after an 8-2 loss in Boston. They are playing as we speak against the Canadians in Montreal. Ryan Collins has informed me they are losing 5-1. Yikes. So we are still looking, looking for that first one of the season. Uh, the Pistons played the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Breslin Center here in East Lansing, Michigan on Friday night, winning that game 129-110. They will open their season against the Nets on Wednesday night at Little Caesars arena cool stuff there's your motor city <laughs> minute not exactly sure if that was a minute long but whatever we'll roll with it it's, it's a good cool first, name good first motor city minute yeah <laughs> yeah cool the, name. the inaugural motor city minute just when we don't want to get in depth with the other teams in the city but we gotta we'll give them some love we'll give them some love we'll kick off today's show officially by looking at we got I was talking to Trent about this before the show I guess I mean I, I understood it but I didn't really realize it like the the, the Detroit sports teams, there are three teams that have brand new coaches this year. That's crazy. That is. I, I, there's got to be some like Elias Sports Bureau stat or some crap like that <laughs> where it's like, this is the first time in history where there's three teams in one city. But that's crazy. It usually means your teams are bad, though. Right. It's I guess like it's not <laughs> not a great sign that we have three new coaches here. But we're undergoing a renaissance. That's how you got to look at it. Yes, good. I like the optimism. Uh, but since since we are in this unique renaissance, as is, is Trent phrased it, we got a couple questions here we can go over. A little bit of a little bit of a roundtable discussion here today for some free-flowing conversation about several different things here. So I'll kick it off here. here, here here's the first question we can go about. Of all the coaches, now granted the Tiger season is done, so we have Garden Hire's, uh, his his record and what he did through his first year. Which coach do you guys believe will have been the most successful after year one? I guess I'll, I'll kick it off. My guy's Dwayne Casey. I think that he'll make the team watchable again in the Pistons. And this is a it's a pretty good roster. I mean, as far yeah. as the rest of the NBA is concerned, like on paper, granted, they have their issues when they actually play. But I have always, at least for the past handful of years, I've attributed the problems of the Pistons right to Stan Van Gundy. I, and so now that Dwayne Casey comes in, I think he's a pretty proven coach. Obviously, he won Coach of the Year last year. I think that he's, you know, I, I love I love his style. He's a family guy. Like he's a you know heart, effort, attitude type guy. I think he'll he'll make this team rise to the occasion and compete and play some team basketball. And I expect the playoff appearance. I mean, I you know Garden Hire, he's in a tough spot being in, in in what the Tigers' situation is right now. And Patricia, I mean, I still don't know how to feel about the Lions. So. Casey's my guy, most successful after the first year. I would uh, agree with you there. I would pick Dwayne Casey. I think he's had the best roster out of these three teams. Mm-hmm. He's got 
Drummond, he's got Griffin, he's got actual talent, but I think he'll actually develop the young guys on like Stan Van Gundy and maybe put his guards in better situations than Stan Van did. The one thing Stan Van did, he actually, like the first half of the year last year, he did a pretty good coaching job, getting Andre the ball and making him a better passer. And then you, uh, Stan Van Gundy, the GM, ruins everything he does as a coach. Oh, boy. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I expect Dwayne Casey to have a pretty big year. I think, you, like, his success will be attributed as you see guys like Ellenson and Stanley Johnson having better years than you saw under Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, we're going three for three. I'm Stan Casey as well. Um, I look at the Pistons roster. I honestly think it's tailor made for a guy like Dwayne Casey. You got young guys who he can develop. He's going to demand respect, which is good. That'll help them mature quicker, get, get acquainted with the league and everything. And after the past few years under SVG, I don't think there's much room to go down. So, um, Overall, I would, yeah, I'd agree with you guys, Dwayne Casey. All right, good, good three for three start. I, I respect it. I guess I, I don't want to call it the flip side, but out of all these coaches, out of your Patricia, out of your Garden Hire, out of your Casey, we'll leave Blash Hill out because we're just talking new coaches here. <laughs> First coach to be fired, who has the shortest shortest leash? Um, for me, that guy's Matt Patricia, and I think it's only because the situation of the other two coaches. Casey, they what five years they locked him up yeah. for, right? That like there's which is obnoxious to me. <laughs> which is the only reason why he was I think he came here is because they gave him, Oh yeah, you'll be here for five years, you'll make a ton of money, why not? You know? So I think the Pistons really committed to Dwayne Casey. I think Ron Gardenhire deserves time for this rebuild to kind of take place. So with that being said, I think Matt Patricia, especially coming in with the expectations that he did, I can see him being the first one to go out of these three. Even I mean, heck, if you want to throw Blashill in there, I could see Patricia going before Blashill just because I think Ooh. I think Ken Holland's so stubborn with, and I think he really likes Jeff Blashill. So unless you know, if Eiserman comes over and he's the GM, I don't know what's going to happen there. But Patricia's got the shortest leads for sure, and I think he will. Uh, do I want to say he will be the first to go? <laughs> Why not? Hot take. Boom. Seats on fire. Patricia's the first to go, and I think he's got the shortest leash. I would agree. I think Patricia Patricia's at the shortest leash, but I think Casey will leave by himself first. I think maybe he retires or just says after a couple of years at the Pistons, <laughs> it gets a little. It. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, anymore. I'm done with this. But uh, That's great. with especially with the NBA, you see coaches who are very successful in certain places go to maybe a lower market. You see with the Magic every year. I swear to God, the Magic have had ten coaches in fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I could see Casey just leaving on its own, or the franchise's parts ways. Mutually, I, there's some there's something about big coaches going to less talented markets that usually don't work out. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say Patricia as well. By no means do I think he'll be the first to go. I, I wouldn't like put money on it, even though I could see it happening. But Ryan, you touched on it. Um, Jim Caldwell had two playoff appearances in four years, and that wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean. I'm optimistic about the Lions. We'll talk about it later, but they're two and three. Let's tell it how it is. They yeah. got a losing record right now. Don't make the playoffs in this first year. Next year's going to be huge for Matt Patricia. The so I guess the true flip side of that question: longest tenured coach out of the new coaches. My guy's Dwayne Casey, and it simply is because they gave the guy five years. Yeah. I think you know I could see you know to Collins to your point, I could see Gardenhire being the one to pack it up and you know retire you know if the if the rebuild doesn't really take off I could see him just walking away and it is what it is but I think there's a commitment to Dwayne Casey I think Dwayne Casey genuinely 
you know, now that he's been with the team, I think he wants to be here. Because the thing about the Pistons is this is, we've touched on it too, this is a solid roster. Yeah. I mean, Drummond, Griffin, like Reggie, like is a, is a pretty serviceable point guard if he's healthy. It's a good roster to where Dwayne Casey, I genuinely believe, has pieces here that he wants to work with and can work with. And as uh, it's like beating a dead horse, but Stan Van Gundy was the problem for this team. It wasn't the players. I, I, right. And, you know, everyone last year was like, uh, trade Drummond while you can. Trade Reggie. You know, we got to ship, you got to turn Blake right over if you can. Like, I, it's just a team that I think needs a chance now with Dwayne Casey. So I can see Casey being here for many years to come. And truthfully, especially this year too, I could see immediate success with this Pistons team. Yeah, I, the thing with Case, well, the thing with Van Gundy was just no one liked him, you yeah. know. So Casey's coming in, and he's actually a likable guy. Like I said earlier, demands respect. So I'm going to say Casey as well. They gave him five years, um, and I think, like you touched on, Ryan, the Pistons have the most solid roster at this point. So I think they have the most potential to be successful in in the early going here. So yeah, I mean, Garden Hire's got really nothing to lose at this point. He could pack it up early, like you said, even though none of us want to see that. But I, I would say Casey. Uh, will will be the longest tenured of the new coaches. I would, I, I know you said Garden Hire, but I think Garden Hire seems pretty relaxed in Detroit, and I think it's a really good fit. I think he already said that he loves being in the Midwest and he mm-hmm. loves coaching the AL Central, and I think the media likes him. Unlike a lot of Detroit coaches, which like I, yeah yeah, all, yeah, they hated Austin. Yeah. They ran him out of town basically. They didn't like Stan Van. He's gone. They didn't like Jim Caldwell. He's gone. Yeah. So I think the media is a big part of it, and I think the media generally like Garden Hire because he's pretty open and honest. He's good. He's a good yeah, fit here. Yeah. yeah, and the organization is in a rebuild, and they've admitted that. And I don't think you can put any expectations on Garden Hire to get anything out of a really bad roster. And the beginning of the year, you saw flashes of a type of manager he is. I mean, they were a game behind the uh, Indians in the last month, yeah. last week of May. So there's flashes of there, and I think Garden Hire is pretty comfortable in Detroit. I, I I see him staying here pretty long term. The thing I love about Garden Hire is, like, people always talk about, like, football guys, you know, like the <laughs> yeah, guys yeah. with the gritty, like, yeah. these guys just scream football. Garden Hire is such a baseball guy. He's like, <laughs> an old, like an old wise man that just absolutely loves the slow-paced game of baseball. He just sits at the end of the dugout. He's chewing his bidly chew. Yeah, he's exactly. slapping everyone on it's the a, ass. It's the perfect yeah. job for him. He yeah. is a clear-cut baseball guy. Yeah. yeah. So now the next question going to who has the toughest job of all three of these new coaches in Detroit. That guy for me is Ron Gardenhire, and it's simply because – of the true rebuild. And, you know, you get the Red Wings with Blashill again. He's not really part of the conversation, but the foundation's kind of been set. Like, they have enough young talent to kind of push forward with the rebuild. The Lions, you know, the NFL is a lot different in that circumstance as far as rebuilding goes. And I think Patricia has, you know, a, a decent environment over there. And, and Casey, like, we, we've talked about the roster in, in depth. But Gardenhire, I mean, he's got really nobody it, it almost yeah. seems like and, and we talked last week i think it was when or maybe two weeks ago who on this tigers team you know would you really keep like who <laughs> who is worth being here who's who do you see yeah and it's really not so you know this could be a very slow rebuild and, and for garden hire to come in and be the guy to do that he clearly to me has the toughest job in detroit right now uh, i would actually go and say patricia does because okay. i think the Lions organization, turning that around in general, it doesn't matter how much talent it is, I yeah. think it's always going to be the hardest job because I think it's most public scrutiny out of the city by far. I think them and the Tigers have the most media attention personally. With I, 
what I think, but I think you have such an inept organization <laughs> and you you have to jump through so many hurdles just to but get rid of the narrative of SOL mm-hmm. and there's so it's just so many years of losing going nine and seven getting the 12th pick in the draft I think Patricia has the hardest job because it's just it's the Lions it's just nothing it's the Lions you can't do anything it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are <laughs> you're not going to succeed the only thing I would say about Patricia in that regard is just I, I think Jim Schwartz was the first guy to break the barrier of like okay we're going to the playoffs. We're going to be successful. So I and then and then Caldwell did it twice. So I think Patricia has a little bit of a more of a margin for error. I would say, yeah. but you're totally right. Like the margin for error in the Lions fan base and <laughs> and getting those guys to buy into you is like I love so Schwartzy though. I loved Jim. Well, look what he's doing now. He's the, it, he just had the tight shirts. He was chucking challenge flags. He was a clown. Yeah, giving seven points away on yeah, Thanksgiving. The, yeah, just yeah. trying to fight the Jim Harbaugh after right, him just yeah. shaking his hand. He made me laugh. He was fun. But I I would actually agree with Ryan though. Um, I think Garden Hire's got the toughest job, not because of uh, well, we you guys basically covered all the bases. Um, you don't really know who's gonna. It, it's it's just fuzzy at this point with the tires. Baseball's you know, we, so it, hard to rebuild yeah, too because it, it's just tough. It's so year on, to year. Yeah, you count on pitching, and a guy blows the shoulder out, and that's a lot of big time loss. So right, and it's with so the, tough. the prospects in baseball too, it's just tough yeah. to tell. So I, Garden Hire, I would, I think he's the guy for the job. I think he's up for it. I think he's, I think he's gonna succeed. I do. But, um, yeah, I think he's probably got the toughest job at this point. Trent, I'll use what you said about about uh, Matt Patricia to segue into who has the highest expectations of all these coaches. And my guy's Patricia, and, and I didn't really think about it until you guys said it, but the Lions truly do, of all teams in this city, like they have the most media attention in a sense of because the narrative is so built up that the margin for error for Patricia is, is very slim. So. Yeah. His expectation with his background and, and coming from the Patriots and this Patriots way thing, and it's not his fault, granted, but the expectation surrounding this guy when he was initially hired was like, oh, this team's winning the division. They yep. have to win the division. <laughs> you know, they're a playoff team, no doubt. And like now they're, you know, they struggle now. And I think we'll get into later about Detroit fans in, in general and, and things we can't stand about the Detroit fan base, but. You know, the, this two and three start, you know, people are already jumping in his throat. He's not the right guy, whatever. So uh, his expectations coming from the Patriots organization and those Super Bowls are, are through the roof. And, and, again, to me, the highest expectation out of any of these coaches in the city is Matt Patricia. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole SOL narrative, which will die at some point. Oh, i got to throw that in Hopefully. There. But I'm just when saying. When I'm 75. <laughs> hey, if it dies, it dies. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Patricia, after week one, remember, he was already getting criticized oh, for trying exactly. to replicate Belichick. Thought he and, lost yeah, the team already. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. It was, it, was, it was insane. And I, I don't even know who was. Was it anonymous? A veteran who got cut was like, he's trying to replicate Belichick. We, bottom line, he's already getting criticized, but the winning, the two wins since then, have sort of like made people backtrack on that a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, Jim Caldwell, and I, I keep saying this, he made the playoffs twice in four years, which for the Lions is pretty freaking great. Good. Pretty freak like he's up with Wayne Fonts as our best coach <laughs> ever. Fancy. So, so and, and this this goes under the radar too. Caldwell had three winning seasons. Last year we went nine and seven, just didn't make the playoffs because the NFC was so good. So um yeah, Patricia definitely has the highest expectations because we brought him in from New England to take mm-hmm. this team over the hump. You got a talented quarterback like Stafford in these 
these fans would hate to see that go to waste because you've already seen Barry Sanders go to waste. You've already seen Calvin Johnson go to waste. So it it would suck to see another talent like Matt Stafford only make the playoffs twice in his career, never win a playoff game. Like you can put as much as you want on him. I get it, but the coach too. You know, Matt Patricia's got high expectations here. Mm-hmm. I would say Dwayne Casey. I think he's at the highest pedigree out of all three of the coaches. Eh, maybe Darden Hire. Darden Hire was pretty good in Minnesota, but I think Casey, with the roster he has and the way he's developed guys in Toronto, I think he's got, got, has the highest expectations because he really could make this Pistons team and maybe get home court advantage, maybe get the four seed or five seed if they have a special year. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's a possibility with I think with the roster. So I would say Dwayne Casey. As far as best team that a coach has, roster-wise compared to their respective league, I'm going to go with Matt Patricia here. I just think that, and you know what, now now I see that, Collins, I see what you have in here, and I'm kind of, kind of rethinking it. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I mean, like, Matt Stafford, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, like all these names, you know, I just I feel like they're roster-wise can compete with the best. I mean, the receiving core is outstanding, I think the roster can compete with the best of them, so I'll give the nod to Patricia that he has the best roster to work with. Yeah, I said Dwayne Casey because I think this East is a little weak. The Eastern Conference and NBA is weak, but that has nothing to do with that. I don't know why I made that point because this is the best team in Detroit. I I don't know what I was thinking with that You're point. fine. Yeah, yeah that's whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think Blake and Andre are both two top 25 players in the league, generously, and I don't think that... Lions have two top 25 players in the lead, so I would say that. I think Reggie's not bad. People like to hate on him, but they were good when he was in the lineup. There were eight games over 500 when he was in the lineup last year, and I think Reggie Bullock will have a big year, another under-the-radar guy looking to get paid in a contract year. So I think the Pistons have the best roster out of everyone. Real quick, I just want to say something about that. At the Breslin, I asked, I was there, I, I personally asked Reggie Bullock, what he's going to do this year from the three-point line. He looked at me and he said, one. He got oh. he was second in the league last year. He's going for number one this wow. year. So. Big yeah. J. I could attest to that. <laughs> yeah. But um, honestly, I'm going to split hairs with both of you guys. Uh, Patricia, the thing, I, I just talked about it. Stafford, Jones, Tate, like you said, Ryan. So much talent. Ziggy on, so when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. All these guys, you got talent in the NFL. And the thing is with the NFL is there's that theory out there that everyone's an 8-8 eight and eight team. Everyone's an 8-8 team. You get a little lucky, you win nine games, ten games. You get a little less lucky, you win six. And then, obviously, there's a few exceptions to that. The Patriots are a good team. I don't know about this year, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the NFL, it's a little more difficult to actually be dominant. So that team, I, I think that roster's pretty good. And then the Pistons, just in terms of, yeah, they got two All-Stars on that roster. So I would expect a lot from the Pistons this year. And, yeah. And so, yeah, I'd split hairs. Um, it's a toss-up for me. Our last topic here as we wrap up these uh, new coaches in, in the city of Detroit. Your favorite or most likable, uh, just uh, very simple for me, Gartenheyer. He's uh, adorable. Gardy. He's yeah. a beauty. Yeah. Absolute beauty. Gardy. Yeah. Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty easy one. It's, it sounds like, I mean, he's, he's a legend. I like you talked about, he's a baseball guy. He's yeah. fun to listen to. You actually believe what he's saying. You know, I'm yeah. not saying I don't believe what Patricia says or right. Casey, but they haven't really shown anything yet. Right. Not to say Garden Hire has, but it's just like, you just, I, I trust him. I really do. 
I really love just like old people who are like involved in baseball who got their like weird Nike sunglasses in the dugout in their pullover knowing they don't have their like baseball jersey on. And Garden Hire just fits that mold perfectly. It's a little dumpy, he's a little, little overweight, probably just chewing biddly chewing, spitting seeds. That's why I love Garden Hire. All right, so now we're going to move into, as we wrap up this Detroit coaches segment here with our little, I guess you can call it trivia, I don't know. Q and A session. Yeah, I mean, get to know us a little bit. Yeah, better. we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up the Detroit coaching Q and A section, and we will have to move on here to something a little bit more fun. I'm excited for this. I'm looking at this. Looking at this lineup here, and I'm I'm pretty pumped. We're gonna continue the Q and A session on Detroit sports with some with some fun, hard hitting questions here. You're gonna get to know what's going inside, the, going on inside the brains of us three right now. First question, we'll kick it off with: Which team in this city? causes you the most pain for me it is the detroit football lions and i mean look i'll preface this by saying that every single team in this city causes me pain but that's just the diehard sports fan lifestyle yeah i mean look like (laughs) am i insane sure but but you know the red wings like i've seen my time with the success of the red wings you know I, i tasted the stanley cup in my younger days the tigers they've you know they've had exciting flashes the Pistons, you know, 04 was a good time, even though yeah. I was young. Like a heck of a time in 04. Great team to watch. The Lions, I just can't, like, we don't factually do not have a single thing to hang our head on with the Lions at all, period. Like, there's just, there's not a single thing to where I can look back on and go, oh, yeah, the Lions of 2010. I had a great <laughs> time with, like, no, it just, the Lions to me, week in, week out. Season after season, I drink the Kool-Aid, and it just tastes like crap. And the, the Lions, for me, are the team that caused me the most pain in the city. Drink right. it. Yeah. Drink it up. Drink Ryan, it up. Ryan, you didn't enjoy that 1957 Lions team? Oh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, <laughs> the boys, those boys were a heck of a team. I like no, hearing about them. Like, yeah. Cool. I'm, thank God they took the banners off the, yeah. off the ceiling for that. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say the Tigers. That From 2011 to... 2014, me just watching talented, talented teams after talented teams just let me down and break my little heart. The freaking <laughs> Pablo Sandoval game, game one, for Lander lets up three home runs to the Panda. I've, I've never been more shocked in my life. I was <laughs> like, okay, this is over. Yeah. But Nelson Cruz breaking my heart a couple times at the Rangers. But I'll just say the Tigers because I – that's something the Tigers are the thing that me and my dad just like bond over and he like we watch every game in the summer and to see it the team to get so close and probably be the most talented team in the league over a three year stretch and not get it done once really stunned. Yeah. And with the Lions, they sting every week, but you're kinda numb to it. Like the Tigers Tigers <laughs> Like the Lions, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get my hopes up for this Lions Jets team and yeah, break my heart. Right, and yeah. it. So I don't know. I would say the Tigers. For I, I don't know. <laughs> so nostalgically, is that a word? Yeah, yeah nostalgically, sure, sure. I would go with the Tigers, just like because you, you had all this talent, like all those runs is so much fun to watch. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of with you, right? Like they all cause me pain. Yeah, and the Lions. The thing is, we're just waiting. We're just waiting <laughs> and. I'm going to sell hope here for 30 seconds. It's going to happen. Lions fans, hang on. Just hang on. Keep believing. Drink the Kool-Aid. Keep your jerseys out of the closet. Like, keep them on. Just don't don't give up. Don't give up on the Lions, all right? 
Pistons, I'll give them an honorable mention just because ever since that 04 core broke up, it has been atrocious. Yeah, it has. With the, ex- I mean, I, that's why that's why the expectations. We talked about this earlier. That's why the expectations are so big now for Dwayne Casey. Mm-hmm. Like the lights are bright and it's time to go. But Josh Smith and the Josh Smith Greg Monroe Andre Drummond experiment. Literally, I put my fist through a wall when I was in eighth grade, <laughs> and my well, parents to this day don't know that it was the, that I, I said I fell into the wall. But oh. whatever. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's hilarious. It's they all cause me pain. Um, Josh Smith is jacking oh, up like man. ten threes a game. Yeah, that was, was hilarious. Just awful. And we're so bad. I, are we done paying them? I think we're finally done. I think yeah. I think they got one more year. Really? Good yeah. lord. Of course. <laughs> Good lord. Uh jeez. I we I hate to stay on the negative train here because some of these some of these questions are positive. But uh, one thing about Detroit fans, the Detroit fan base, that you can't stand. My big one is the hockey town thing, and I say that because I feel like there's a certain I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm alone in this opinion. This is not a hockey town. Thank you. It's not. It's a it's, it's a football city. It's so dumb. It is. You know, and I think that when the when the Red Wings are good, the fan support is definitely there. But I think the fan support's always there for the wins. I think they got the most loyal fan base, but yeah, yeah out completely. It's just like, and, and I, I love the hockey town mantra. I think it's great. I think it's great that we hang our head on it. I just think when you're on the inside of it, like oh, as someone no. that loves hockey like me, it's like, oh, are they really hockey town? Like that, that to me is, is bothersome to me. But the, I guess the overarching thing is this city, and a lot of cities are like this, I'm sure. This city, people in the city are so quick to just turn on players. Like, like we were talking about <laughs> yeah. earlier, Valverde, like Joe Nathan, like all, all these guys that, granted, like Valverde sucked at the end of his time oh, here. Boy. Joe Nathan sucked. I didn't appreciate his gesture on the mound to the, to the fans. Like, I can't stand uh. when players do that. But the, the, just, you know, even guys like Stafford gets jumped on a lot. Cabrera gets jumped on. Verlander got jumped on yeah. when, he, when he wasn't playing very well. That aspect of the fan base, it, I don't want to call them fair weather fans, but like you know, people that will call on the radio and go, "Oh, this guy sucks. He needs to go. He's terrible. V Mart sucks. Get him out." Like, look, first of all, professional players don't suck. I, we we throw that term around because it's just you know it's it's easy to use. But if you're a professional athlete, you probably don't suck at your sport. But it, again, like a guy yeah. like V Mart too that really irritated like that really irritated me is when people you know would just rag on him. Like, look, you know, I get it. He's not playing well, but you know, ease up. That's my that's my thing with Detroit fans. I would I'd I'd talk just just going off of that real quick for a second. Like players say they don't listen to the media. They know when yeah. they're not liked. Yeah, and they know when they're not supported. I'm and sure you, it hurts. And, and then they're not. Do you think they're motivated to no. like try to? You know, you got to support your players. Yes. I I understand. There's some cases where it's like get them out of town, but that that's not like. Detroit fans do that with four or five players every year with every team. Yep. Like just ease up a little bit. I got you. But then my biggest my biggest thing about the Detroit fans that I can't stand is the negativity surrounding the Lions. And oh. <laughs> Collins, I'm oh, gonna no. I understand Go it. Ahead. It's very justifiable. Like it's very justifiable. You can throw out all the stats. One playoff win. Uh no playoff win since ninety one. Two playoff appearances since ninety you know, I get it. I, I understand all that. And maybe maybe it's because I'm younger and I haven't I didn't literally live through all of it, but just just don't 
don't give up on this team. I sound like an idiot. I know everyone's gonna rip me for this. Just <laughs> don't give up on the Lions. I, I, they don't. You don't need to be so negative. Like support the players. Go to the games. Have fun. It's the NFL. And one of these days, it's 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 just gonna click. It's gonna come together. We're all gonna celebrate, <laughs> and we're gonna sing. We are the champions. Yeah. And Matt Stafford's gonna be coming down. Oh. In the city, on a on on a parade float, and it's just going to be great. I see it. I see it in my dreams, and I can taste it. And I the uh. negativity surrounding the Detroit Lions just really grinds my gears. So you're not going to like this, <laughs> but I one of my biggest pet peeves is the whole Stafford's a top five QB narrative. I will never understand it. The guys won like four games against teams above five hundred. Never understand that. But my biggest pet peeve. Is closet Lions fans. The Lions fans are like, oh, why do you root for them? This yeah. is my dad. This is literally my dad. So why why do you root for them? And then they're and then Stafford throws a pick. He said, What is he doing? He said to make a better decision. I'm like, are you rooting for this team or not? So yeah. the closet Lions fans, literally, I can't stand it. Either be Lions free or don't or root for them. Does, get on or get off. Do, yeah, yeah, don't be 50-50. It bugs me to no end. Yeah, fans in general like that for any team in any city. Like I just have no respect as a diehard sports fan. Like we all, like we all are. You have you almost have an obligation. Like you, you are like you have to ride with your team. The you're thing either about riding Lions, the with thing us, about, yeah. or you're getting rolled over. Yeah, That's yeah. No, the thing about closet Lions fans, though, they do. They're like ride or die for the Lions, but they like don't admit it. They're yeah. like afraid to admit <laughs> yeah. it. Like on the like interior, they're just like. Well, they're afraid th- to get too comfortable. They're just yeah. like this year, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but like on the exterior, they can't let them do it because they've like seen like. Just Brett Favre break their heart. They see yeah. Aaron Rodgers yeah. break their heart. And I'm like, not yeah. watching the Lions till they prove they're worth it. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, turn like, them on and watch them. No, they are watching them. They yeah. say they don't watch yeah. them. They do. And it's, it's like, it's like well, again, when the when the teams are finally good, like I get to pull, we get to pull up these podcasts and go, we we rode with the teams, like we were there. You yeah, know, we stuck through it. But people are like, oh, I don't watch. Why would you spend your money to go to the game? Like, yeah. why, why, why do you buy jerseys? Well, what, like, did he don't get the, like, how easy is it? I can go root for the Patriots every year for the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and I'll right. be the happiest that's guy the in the world. Ugh. So that, yeah, that's, that's a thing Ugh. too. And, and to that point too, this is kind of a tangent here. Bandwagon fans to the point where like, I will be the first one to admit, like, do I own a Chicago Cubs World Series t-shirt? Yes, because for, for the history of it. Yeah. But you will never hear me. If someone asked me, like, who's your second favorite team? I don't have a second favorite team for anything. Yeah, I, I don't, don't have care. one. Yeah, don't have no, one. I, this, is, this is my city. I don't. Yeah. Like, there's other teams that I, like, enjoy. Like, yeah, the Cubs are, like, kind of cool. Because yeah. they're, like, like you know, the, the history the of it. Yeah. yeah. Cool name. But, yeah. Anyway, so now we'll, we'll get a little bit more positive here. Best Detroit sports tradition Mine is the octopus. After coming off of bashing Hockey Town, I think the octopus is just cool. I don't think there's a ton of like sports traditions here in this city, but the octopus, like you know, people you see the promo videos and like the playoffs for the NHL, like the octopus is waving around. I, I think it's a great tradition, something that I would love to do before I leave this earth in the city of Detroit is to throw an octopus on the ice at LCA. But octopus for me is the best sport. Yeah, best Detroit sports tradition. Ooh, say that ten times fast. I think mine's got to be gridiron and uh, just <laughs> ripping gridiron heroes after yeah. every Lions touchdown. Because the Lions fan base is the greatest people watching thing in the entire world. They have the <laughs> most. They have Rabid. the. Mo- it's not even that. They just have random jerseys, like jerseys you should not own. Yeah. You just see like random, like alternate, like Jason Hansen jerseys yeah. in the Louis crowd. Delmas. Yeah, Lu- <laughs> oh, Louis Delmas, Western Michigan guy. Yeah. That was a beauty. But uh, 
Yeah, Dridiron Heroes, Dridiron, <laughs> and he's just flexing his tattoo when he's got his hard hat on. Yeah. I love Dridiron. If if they made a Dridiron jersey, I might buy it. I'm not even all. He The guy's a legend. But the <laughs> octopus is pretty good. I th- That's probably most sacred tradition, I think. Sure. You know, but my favorite, personally, yeah. is when Thanksgiving Day and we put on a put a touchdown on the Vikings, I'm getting up with Dridiron, getting hype. Yeah, uh, octopus is great. That's hard to beat. They they started making pillow pets that were. Octopus. I have one. You, I have do you one. have one sitting on my food time? Pillow pets are comfy, man. Oh. It's a night. It was a good investment. It really was. <laughs> so you got that. The gridiron hero song is just awesome. Me and my family literally like text it to each other during the game. Forward, and, yeah. the It's just yeah. how can you not love it's that great. song? You know. And then uh, just sitting here talking about this, thinking about it, the. The Pistons, Detroit, yeah, that's, John Mason. I love that. Oh, Mason's great. Mason, yeah. Mason's talk about a legend in this city. I'll get to Mason. I'll get to Mason. Hopefully, Mason doesn't put a guy in a chokehold for taking his chair. And yeah, have we'll him keep him around for yeah. a little bit longer. Which team in this city has the best jerseys? Or if you want to go single jersey, currently, I will say the Red Wings jerseys. I mean, timeless. I don't. I don't ever see the wings. And a lot of t- like now in the NHL, you're seeing with Adidas is now bringing up these third jerseys for a lot of these teams. I, I mean, I could see the wings pulling a third jersey, but the winged wheel should never change. I don't think it will ever change. That's I one of the best logos in sports, and I think just the simplicity of it. I love the arched last names on the back. Red Wings jerseys for me. Best jerseys, hands down, in the city. Maybe in all sports, too. Yeah. The white Red Wings jersey is so clean. It's so clean. I wish they wore the home whites like they used to in the 90s. I think that looks sweet. I think the Red Wings definitely have the best jerseys. I the Red Wings jerseys are so class. Every original set jersey is awesome. Oh, beautiful. But I mean, the Blackhawks and Ma- Maple Leafs, Bruins are all set. Yep. So I would have to go with the Red Wings. Um, I'm not knocking what you guys are saying. I just love the Honolulu Blue. I can't get enough of it. I buy so much of it. I just <laughs> love it. I do like this year's jerseys, like the new. I guess last yeah, year they yeah. brought them in the new without the white, without yeah. the black. They just Ugh, the it's black. just Ugh. Honolulu Blue and Silver, baby, and I love it. Brutal. I can't get enough of it. I think the thing for me with the Lions jerseys is one like the three stripe deal they did is like so to me one is like lazy it's and a little it's random. Ugly. It's like yeah. you know like <laughs> I, like Denver's got that too where they have like the one stripe and then it like turns into three like that's yeah. I think is garbage and the Lions too like like the the numbers it's like a gray and like a darker gray yeah. outline I just I don't know the Honolulu blue is great and I love Sweet. the chrome face mask but. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the helmet, the helmet, the helmet's beautiful. It is a great helmet. Flip side of that, now the jersey, and now for this one, because I don't think anyone hates the jerseys that the teams currently have, the jerseys that you hate in all time Detroit sports history, a jersey that you hate. I'm gonna kick it off with an anomaly. It really doesn't answer the question, (laughs) and we talked about this before the show. The new logo that the Pistons have on their shorts, the interlocked DP. Is disgusting. I think I designed it in I, fifth grade. I I hate it. I think it's so lazy. It's just it's nothing. It's like it's one of the worst looking things <laughs> I've seen on a jersey. You like if anything, throw the throw the logo you have at, at center court on the shorts. Yeah. Throw like the old horse on the shorts. Like right. Anything but that. Even just the, just P, the old P when they use yeah. the P. Like th- it just it looks horrible. It's so bad. It's, it's, just, not a, it's it, like the Tampa Bay Rays. It's just a T and yeah, a B. <laughs> it's not a it's not a it's again, it's not a jersey, but it just I, I from yeah. my memory, that's I yeah. just I can't stand it. I would have to go with 
Another thing, not really a jersey, a hat. I hate what the Tigers did with their hats this year. Fair. That For, logo, though, before before you continue, that, it's awesome. The D, it's, it's because a, I have I have that English D on the back of my car just as a symbol of Detroit sports. Like yeah. that is such a premier unreal logo. But anyway, yeah, about the hat. It's still like a top five hat in the league. But like, yeah. I it, it was it looked cleaner with it small. It yeah. looked more original. I don't know why they made it bigger. But I would have to go with the Chrome Pistons jerseys, which are awful. Make no sense why they have them. Can you get red alternates? Yes. I, it's so obvious. Yeah. It's so painfully it's obvious. It's one of their main colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're like, no, let's go dark blue and gray because yeah. that made sense. The chromes are bad. And I'll have to say, anything with the Lions in black pissed me off. Absolutely wow. pissed me off. The black jersey sucked. I mean, the black face mask looked awful. Ooh. So everything with black with the Lions, I was not a fan of. Yeah, I think it's safe to say black is done with the Lions. They took it out of the logo. It's just it's terrible. It's done. That, I, the black is gone. I enjoyed the black jersey. You know what? No. I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was cool. I didn't hate <laughs> it. But all I, I can it. picture when I see that is just like. Sean Rogers is yeah, like uh, belly yeah. overflowing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just, I, I, and then I, I just can't get down with that. So fair. My answer, yeah, Pistons Chrome. I don't like those jerseys. Oh, they're um, so bad. Even yeah. so even bad. the Motor City ones to me are just like it's just so I, lazy. The thing is, I like the Motor Not City lazy. concept. It's like, what are they doing? Yeah. Why are they just yeah. do red? Yeah. It's, all, it's I like so the Motor City concept. <laughs> like I don't know if you guys remember two years ago when they did the um, original one. It said Motor City, and it, it was still red. But yeah, it was, it was it nice. Was those were nice. Dark blue. Those were better than this, you know. Yeah. It, I don't think it's ugly. I just don't like it. It, it doesn't, doesn't go make, with the Pistons. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make any it sense. Looks more like a Magic jersey or a Mavericks or yeah, something like stupid. that. It's not a Pistons jersey. Now we can reminisce here. Jerseys that you wish a team would bring back. I have a couple here because it was so hard for me. One is the Red Pistons jerseys. Those were sweet. They used to wear them as Money. alternates. Those are, I mean, it's it, again. Which it ones? Makes, Which Red jerseys? The Grant Hill ones or the? No, 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 no. Not the Grant Hill ones. The ones with like the 04 to like yeah. 09 ish. Like yeah. those. I mean, it's again, it is so Chauncey. easy. How easy is it? All you do is turn the blue to yeah. To how red. easy is yeah. it? I remember yeah. they came out those jerseys, bought a whole Chauncey uniform, had the yeah, red think, shorts, red jersey. I think I have unreal. an. I think I have an Antonio McDice. That's an unbelievable. And I have like Dice. a. And I have a Ben Wallace one too. But that that. That's my that's my first one, the Red Wings Winter Classic against Chicago with Ooh. that D, Ooh. so clean, icy, great. That's like I'd be an unreal third jersey to have. And they smoked the black. Yes, that was great. And then my last one is the Pistons electric white jersey in the late seventies, like Lightning or like Thunderbolt. I the, the Red Kelser jerseys. Yes, that those were. Oh, I just love the. That's like that's a unique jersey. Yeah, they, they wore them on Christmas Day against the Spurs. I think in 07. Yeah. I was like, oh, mom, can we go buy that yeah, right now? Those are those are jerseys that I wish they would bring back. Yeah, those are nice. Um, jersey, I love the 75-year NHL anniversary Red Wings jerseys. The little stripes everywhere? Yeah, the stripes yeah, everywhere and just cool. says, simply says Red Wings. I just think of Vladdy, think yeah. of Lidstrom, Zetterberg, and, uh, I think Iserman was, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all were there for that. I don't know why I said Zetterberg. I don't even think he was on the team. He might have been. I, yeah, I'm telling you. Maybe, I don't time. know. But, uh, I like the red Grant Hill jerseys, not with the teal Jersey. It was yeah, li- I, yeah, I know you're, yeah. It was like the old school bad boy jerseys, and they were red. Those were sweet. They had the blue numbers and the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, those yes, were sweet. Okay, the, yeah, they were yeah. like the bad boy Pistons ones with red. I love those. And the Barry Lions ones are my favorite. 
jerseys, I think, in Depo- Detroit sports history. Yeah. The light blue face mask, so clean. I would have liked to have seen the Lions like, just go do back that. to just that Just do look. that. Yeah, I, 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 I have a... Uh, I do like that they got back the blue pants. Is the blue pants are sweet. Those are awesome when they yeah, wear those. Yeah. I admittedly bought a Matthew Stafford jersey off of a third-party Chinese wholesaler website. For DH about Gate? 20- yes, DH Gate. Nice. For about $20. <laughs> and, and the jersey... It came like it looks. If you didn't, if you weren't looking at like others, other Lions jerseys, like in a crowd of Lions jerseys, it'd stand out like a sore thumb. But it's like a lighter blue, yeah. and it's like you can like the number is white, and yeah. the outlines like silver, and it looks so good. Yeah, like I almost want to <laughs> send, send it, in. it in. Yeah, Martha, seriously. Martha. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Anyway, Trent, your jerseys. Um, I just I'm a huge anyone who knows me, bad boys guy. Dennis Rodman, my favorite player ever. Yeah, Dennis I, Rodman, bad I, boy jersey. Oh, I just love Clean. it. I, yeah, Bill you, you see that <laughs> the giant one, the giant zero, the huge block numbers that take yeah. up the whole back of the jersey. I yeah, think that's, that's so sad. sweet. They are Isaiah sad. Thomas, John Sally, Rick Mahorn. I just think those jerseys are sweet. I'd love to see them back. They're very simple, yep. but just the, the tradition in those, it, I think Jerome would look great in one of those. The I, collar looked way, looks way better than the collar yeah, is now, too. Yeah. And so I, I, yeah, I love those jerseys. I'd say bad boys. Before we got two more, two more little Q and A sessions left here. Before I'll end with the positive one. We'll go with the last negative one. Your least favorite Detroit player of all time, <laughs> my guy. You guys have a couple names on here. I have one guy, Eric Ebron. Granted, he was not here for all that long, but the fact here, here's my here's my gripe. Well, I'll get on my soapbox here. He. Granted, not his fault that he was taken before, like what OBJ, right? Like, there's several Aaron Donald yeah, too. Right. Was at that draft, yep. yeah, taken in. Not his fault, but he was drafted pretty highly, meaning that he definitely had some skill and did not perform at all. Now in Indy, like granted, he's not an he's not a complete every down player, but he's scoring touchdowns. <laughs> he's doing. He off. he killed so many drives. Never helped Matthew Stafford out. Always just complaining and whining on Twitter, getting involved with fans. His performance on the field sucked. He was not good here. And the thing that really pisses me off the most, and about any player, like Kevin Durant's guilty of it too, is a professional athlete. There is no reason why you should be getting on Twitter and getting in fights with fans and publicly making it known how you don't get along with the fan base, you don't want to be here, uh, poor me, you know, I I'm like I just can't stand it. And then when he thankfully when we let him go, he then he has the nerve to go, oh, I didn't like playing in Detroit. Like I I actually have a chance now with Andrew Luck. I got a good quarterback. Like shut just, up. Exactly. I, I can't stand Eric Ebron. I wish him nothing but the worst in the rest of his career. <laughs> That's my guy. I, I and I, I'm not a, a mean spirited person. I don't want him to get eh, I don't mind if he got hurt. Whoa. You know but, what? Real quick. Let <laughs> me, just like non-life-threatening. I got the 2014 draft up real quick. I just yeah. want to talk about just first-round picks because yes. I hate when people are like, they could have taken this guy. He went to the third no, there, round. There's like, a, Odell yeah, Beckham could have been there. I'm like, right. they were never considering that. Yeah. yeah. So Odell, Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller. Um, you also got Brandon Cooks. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. Darquez Zanard, our boy. Uh, that's it for about the first round. Yeah. Those, yeah. Calvin so, Benjamin too. That's yeah. So one. Ebron, like you, you're nothing special, bro. So that's that's <laughs> my guy. Wish him nothing but the worst. Uh, a couple. I have a couple of red wins in those 07 to 08 teams that I despise for some reason. Being the age I was, I hated Dan Cleary. I swear <laughs> to God, Dan Cleary was on like 15 two on O's, and he missed every time on the backdoor pass. Literally every time. 
and it bugged me to no end. And secondly, Jonathan Erickson, I swear to God, this guy takes more penalties than anyone in the entire world. I think he pro- he's got to have the NHL record for interferences around the net. It's <laughs> unbelievable how many interferences and bad penalties he takes in his own zone. And for the Pistons fan in me, I despise Rodney Stuckey. He, the whole, like, I need to start, I'm... I should be a part of Chauncey, Rip, and all, Tayshawn, all that. He was great off the bench, yeah. and he wanted more, and he ruined his career because basically he became a guy who just shot the ball 20 times a game. Average 20, but he sucked. Yeah. He was terrible, and he pissed me off. <laughs> I have, And the thing that bugged me the most, I would always go to Pistons games at the Pals, the jerseys they would only give away were Rodney Stuckey jerseys every time I went to the games. I was like, come on. <laughs> give me a sheed one one time. It's garbage. I didn't... Ugh. Study. I'm going to stick with the Pistons. Josh Smith. One, listen, yep. quick story. When I was in eighth grade, we brought him in when I was in seventh grade, okay? And I was so fired up, got a jersey. I actually had the <laughs> I had the Motor City jersey. So the dark blue with the red. I was so Should fired bring that up. In I was like, bring that in. That's Monday. I'll, I'll yeah. wear it. I'll wear it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so wear it. they're trying this experiment, right? You got Josh Smith, who's a power forward. They moved him to small forward, and he just chucked threes <laughs> the whole game. And Loves I it. honestly, I gave him a year. I gave him a grace period because I liked him. I was, I was all in. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he's, he's not bad. Like, let's just, let's give it some time. Second year, awful. And like, I, I, it was, it wasn't a wall. It was a door. I put a hole in my closet door because the Pistons lost to the Philadelphia 76ers because Josh Smith went like, oh, for like nine from three, like some ridiculous number. Josh Smith. Pretty much caused me the most pain right? out of any Detroit athlete ever. Was this like in the middle of like January game? You just punch your hole. Oh yeah, yeah. Because our Christmas I, tree was that, up, so it was probably it was December. Unreal. I just remember. I remember that. And then, um, real quick, I just want to touch on this. I'm not going to elaborate. Zaza Pachulia, can't stand you. Not excited to see you here in Detroit. You're a dirty <laughs> player. I'm not excited. <laughs> kind of like if, Zaza now. If Zaza like redeems himself. I believe in second chances. I will give him that. However, dirty player came here. I don't think he's even good. He played center for the Warriors. Like we could play center for the Warriors. You sit under the yeah. hoop and grab misses. Oh yeah, whatever. Um, but no, I'm not one. Of, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to bash these guys. I'm just saying Josh Smith caused me a lot of pain. And Zaza, I really, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a Zaza guy. <laughs> Hasn't That's played fair. a single regular season game for the Pistons yet, but I'm not looking forward to it. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. when you said that pre-show, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Zaza. That hasn't even laced him up yet. Already some animosity there. We'll go We'll go to our, our positive note here to wrap up our Q&A session completely before we preview the Lions. Out of all the stadiums, and granted, now we only have, we only have three because <laughs> the uh, the Pistons and, and Wing share theirs. Best stadium atmosphere and this is a this is a tricky question because like there's so many variables like one playoffs or non playoffs because for me like Joe Lewis Arena I've never been to a playoff game there but seeing it on TV and even just in general as a fan going to a regular season game something about the Joe like I I don't know I don't get it because it's essentially it's the same fan base that they have now at LCA the Joe that atmosphere in there was absolutely unbelievable I I will say right now though if we're looking at current situations. Ford Field's great. I mean, you know, it, it, it seems like they sell out, you know, or at least the, the place looks packed every time I go to a game. I went to the game uh, last Thanksgiving. I think it was the last time I had been in Ford Field. 
Uh, but that atmosphere on Thanksgiving Day was awesome. Like that place just gets loud and it's rambunctious and it's great. But if the Joe was still around, the Joe would be hands down. But Ford Field's my pick. Um, I would say I would agree with you. Just in, can we just imagine for a second? Not if when the Lions have a home playoff game, that place will burn to the ground. I'd pay any amount. It is of gonna money. be. I will too, and I I'll be there. You know, I will. I'm sure you guys might be too. I'm just saying. Ford Field is incredible. The fire shooting up when the players run out. And yep. the, the places, and especially recently with all these Stafford, you know, the comeback kid, everything like that, the Lions aren't out of it until it's triple zeros or unless it's Monday night and you throw four picks before that, but whatever. Yes. So these fans are in it for the entire game. They're, they're on their feet. It's a lot of fun. It's just uh, Ford Field. Comerica's great. LCA's great. They're all they're all good. Yeah. Like, let's not let's not – Turn this into something that's not. They're all great, but I I gotta go with Fort Field. I can't even rate LCA yet because I don't think they've had a sellout yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, it, it does look I'm bad. Joking. Yeah, I'm joking. But uh, Fort Field at night is. I went to the Sunday night game when the Lions played the Packers to see who won the division, oh. and the hype around just a hype before pregame. It was loud. Mm-hmm. I mean that place did some super loud. But for best atmosphere, I would say Comerica Park and. I've been to a couple of playoffs games there. It's playoff baseball is crazy. I mean, there's so much tension. It's not even because of that. It just throwing a random summer game at Comerica is like one of my favorite things. Getting a hot dog or two, crushing <laughs> a frozen lemonade. The <laughs> Minute Maid frozen lemonades, if they sold those like the big like cups like they yeah. sell the games, I would buy like a twelve pack and just like for groceries because they're unbelievable. <laughs> but sneaky, the Palace when they had a sellout streak for that five year period was. I went to a couple of playoff games there too. That was crazy. Oh, they yeah. had the they had the thunder stats. Yeah. The oh, de- Mason yes. was I mean, the thing that the Pistons are missing, the fact that the final countdown is not on in their yeah, intros anymore. Bad. It's I mean, the intros of the Pistons were better than games. Yes. They were. They, I it was unbelievable <laughs> how great the intros were. Like ta- like you everyone's like boop, 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 Billups. Everyone's yeah. just loving yeah. it. It's unreal. I would, yeah. It, it was phenomenal. I would say Comerica, but sneaky. The palace is great back in its heyday. Gotcha. Well, that that will wrap up our our Q and A session. That was that was a fun time. Yeah. It's nice to kind of take a step back. So from, a bio. You gotta of all of us. you gotta yeah. you gotta find things to do on the bye week. We try to keep it fun here. Yeah. Right? It's good to take a step back from the analysis and just and just have some fun. But we will have to jump right back into the analysis because Let's the go. Lions are still a football team playing in the NFL. <sighs> Although they did not play this Sunday. Again, they travel to Miami next Sunday, or this upcoming Sunday, I guess. Yeah, sure. 1 p.m., Miami coming off of a 31-28 overtime win against the Bears. Thank you for that, Dolphins. Uh, Lions at home, a little rest and relaxation. Uh, I guess I'll open it up if we're going to preview this game. Uh, you know, not Obviously, nothing to go off of performance-wise for the Lions this week. Nothing about the Dolphins scares me. They're 4-2, and two, granted, but... I you know everything from the the defensive side of things, the offensive side of things. Brock, uh, Brock Osweiler started for the Dolphins this week as Tannehill's hurt. I like Ryan Tannehill, but neither of those guys scare me. I don't care who is playing quarterback for the Dolphins with the Lions' defense, knowing what their potential is. If they can just play a semi-solid game, I don't think Tannehill or Osweiler. I don't even if Matt Moore yeah. is still over there. Pick I don't. Em. Yeah, matter. I don't care who's over there. there. There's no reason why the Lions should be getting beat on on the defensive side of things. I mean, you know, between Kenyon Drake and, and Frank Gore, is a is a Kenyon Drake 
fantasy owner. I mean, he is so unimpressive. Frank Gore is 100 years old, and they don't, I, I think offensively, they don't really have weapons like they did when they had Jarvis Landry. It, it should be, at least on that on that front, it, it should be a, a game that, and again, I just, I, I hate to say the Lions should win this one because every time I say it, they don't win. But I, I think this is this is a game where the Lions really have a chance here to start putting things together, to string together wins, and it starts in Miami. It'll be a pretty solid road win against again a four and two Miami Dolphins team. So, you know, my thoughts going in, it's a it's a winnable game. It's a game they should they should yeah. win. I mean, going into Miami, I think the Lions have had pretty good success in Miami the last couple of times. I can't tell you the stats, not a bit stats guy, but I in my head I feel like they've won the last couple in Miami. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh the Dolphins burned up a pretty good Bears defense, like a really good Bears defense. Sure. That was really interesting to see with Osweiler. So maybe that's an anomaly, a fluke for the Bears defense. Didn't really watch that game. The orange jerseys the Bears wore were sweet, like <laughs> sweet, but yeah. uh, they didn't get the job done. But going in, it's this this Lions team. It's all about the offense. It really is. Yep. I it truly it's if this offense. I it, I think it's similar to Michigan State. If the offensive line's good, I think this team wins. And I, I mean that's a pretty simple basic thing. Like if the offensive line's good for the Dolphins, maybe they win. But like I think the success of this Lions team falls on the offensive line. And if they can run the ball, Kieran Johnson coming off an injury probably will be. I think he'll be healthy. So I think if they're able to establish a run, maybe get a hundred yard rusher again, I think they probably win in Miami. Um. Yeah, one thing I <clears throat> excuse me. One thing I will say about the Bears real quick is Osweiler was literally told in a text on Sunday morning that he's starting. So I don't think they were very prepared for that. The bracket ship. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But like you said, Ryan, I don't think it matters who starts. Tannehill, Osweiler, bring them. I don't care. I think Darius Slay might have one or two interceptions in this game. Ooh. I'm predicting it. Um but in all seriousness, um, you're getting T.J. Lang back most likely, which is a big, big, big addition because yeah. Kenny Wiggins actually stepped in and played pretty well. Yeah. But now you can, you know, you can slide. He can come in for breathers and whatnot, and you just have that insurance. Lang getting Lang back is huge in for the run game as well. Um, hopefully you can get Ziggy back because that would take pressure off of Ashawn and Deshaun Hand and those guys, and it'll also allow the linebackers to drop back in coverage a little bit more and prevent those big catch and runs up the middle because we've been seeing that for weeks straight now. Um, I just think Stafford needs to correct the deep ball miscues a little bit. Um, it has gotten better. It was pretty bad against San Francisco, few against Dallas, but I'm not too concerned about it. It's really uncharacteristic of him. Keep going to Galladay and Tate uh, consistently and then use Marvin Jones deep. You have to do that. you got to use him deep. I know he dropped the one against the Packers, but, that's again, that's not, not very likely from him. Carry on, 18 to 20 touches per game. Like, 16 in the win versus New England, he had 101 yards. Like, just keep giving him the ball. Keep giving him the ball. Only use LeGarrette in short yardage situations. Um, it, it, I just, I think the Lions, if it's Osweiler, I like our chances a lot better. But mm-hmm. I still, I again, Ryan, I don't want to predict a win. I don't want to just say, but I, I think right. the Lions will win this game. I the, think they'll win it by one or two scores. It won't be very close. I don't think it's going to be one that we're, like, sitting and, you know, biting our nails the whole time. I think when's it'll be- the last time the Lions blown someone out? I can't remember that ever. I can tell you when they get when they've gotten blown out. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, I think this would be the most SOL thing. You go, <laughs> oh, coming off a bye, get healthy, and you lay a dud in Miami. But 
I don't know. Then you know, b- before we wrap it up here, I guess that's a that's a good way to segue into this. What what does a loss mean for this team for the rest of the season, or I guess going into the next week? Even they go to Miami, they lay an egg. What does the loss do? What is it like? How? What is it? Does it change your mindset about this team, or just I guess factually, like what's the what's the situation we're looking at? I mean, I think this is a eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine team. So if they lost, it wouldn't really change my mind. But if they lost this week, I think it it's pretty telltale that this coaching staff's not doing what they need to be doing. JBC, the D coordinator, and Patricia. So if they come off a bye and lay an edge. Maybe they lose a tough game. They have a good good coaching game, but if they lay an edge, I I think it's pretty telltale about the coaching. Um, we talked about this last week a little bit. I'm not one to count wins and losses because that just you're letting you're setting yourself up for disappointment <laughs> sure. if you count wins and losses. Sure. But to keep it in context, this is a road game against a team that isn't bad. So I like I don't think the Dolphins are bad. You know what I'm saying? They got mm-hmm. a decent pass yeah. rush. Um, so I. I'm predicting I think the Lions will win. If they lose, is the season over? No, but it's it's closer. You know, it's trending more that way. My biggest thing right now is they got the Cardinals and the Bills two of the last four weeks. If it's if it's close, if we're around five hundred going into those two games, I'm not <clears throat> I don't want to say comfortable, but I'm feeling good. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Not a not a ton of Lions to talk about this week, obviously, but how, how sucky is it when the Lions don't play on Sunday? It, yeah, just I, just, I didn't even watch. I truly didn't watch football. I cleaned on my bathroom yesterday. That's, oh, that's God, probably that good sounds awful. I I just have red zone and I'm napping. That's <laughs> all I do. Um, yeah. But when the Lions do take the field in Miami next weekend, we will have everything you need here on the Motown Rundown, and that will bring us to the end of today's show, episode ten. Absolutely beautiful. How do you like this music to play us out here? I have no idea what this is, but you well, and Trent from, seem to like this it. This is from A Star is Born. It sounds gorgeous. I haven't, you I haven't seen the movie? No, not yet. I mean, well, it's, I, it's, it's some beautiful music. Did you, did you, you see it? Mo- I did. A quick I, movie review? I, I, well, I teared up a little bit. Is it that good? It's, it's, I'm a huge Bradley Cooper It's a phenomenal guy. movie. I'll check it out. I'll I'm also, out. I think I'm going to grow my hair out like Bradley Cooper I mean, now. he looks unreal. It's, I, I, I want to do it. I've never done it. This is like my window to do it. because I got the facial hair. Well, I do, exactly. So... I recommend seeing the movie, and that's what's going to play us out today. Yeah. <laughs> Little Lady Gaga to play us out here of the Motown Rundown again, episode 10. For Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. I had to throw it out there. Feel free to tweet any questions, comments, concerns, suggest some topics for the show at Ryan Rabinowitz4 using the hashtag Motown Rundown. We will see you next time. Would anybody like some French chips tonight?